Hola, this is Yvette Marquez from Muy Bueno, and you are listening to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. Hey, awesome food bloggers. Before we dig into this episode, I have a really quick favor to ask you. Go to your favorite podcast player, go to Eat Blog Talk, scroll down to the bottom where you see the ratings and review section. Leave Eat Blog Talk a five-star rating if you love this podcast and leave a great review. This will only benefit this podcast. It adds value. And I so very much appreciate your efforts with this. Thank you so much for doing this. Okay, now on to the episode. Hey there, food bloggers. Welcome to Eat Blog Talk. This is the podcast for food bloggers who are looking for the value and the confidence that will move the needle forward in their businesses. This episode is sponsored by Rank IQ. I am your host, Megan Porta, and you are listening to episode number 305. Today, I have Yvette Marquez with me. She is going to talk to us about growing a passion into a successful business. Yvette is the Latina and founder behind the Mexican food site MuyBuenoCookbook.com. She is an Emmy-winning producer and writer, food blogger, and author of Muy Bueno, Latin Twist, and a third cookbook due out in 2023. Hi, Yvette. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to chat with you. Thank you. I am excited to be here. Yes, we have a super awesome topic too. But before we get into it, what fun fact do you have to share with us today? Um, Well, as a food blogger, I think people are always think I was just a natural in the kitchen. But the funny thing is I was not interested in cooking until after I was married and had our first child. And my family used to tease me and say that I was never going to get married because I hated to cook. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And look at you now. Oh my goodness. Making cookbooks and having an awesome blog. And you know, your story is not super unique. I've had a handful of food bloggers make that same confession here on the podcast that they didn't like cooking at all, or they just didn't do it until they were an adult and really got into blogging. So that's really interesting. Yeah, that is. I'm glad I'm not alone. (laughs) Yes, you are not alone. So I would love to start with your story because you have such a great story about growing up with your mom and your grandma cooking and how that has kind of evolved into this just amazing story about how now your life is full of food. So do you want to start there? Just tell us about how you grew up and about those recipes that you made together and all of that. Yes, for sure. So um, I'm Mexican-American. My grandma was born in Chihuahua, Mexico, and I was born and raised in El Paso, Texas. My mom was a single parent and my grandma lived next door to my mom. And so it was like I had two moms. You know, my mom was working. And so when I would go to school, I'd come back home and go to grandma's house, who was right next door. And my grandma would just wait for me to get home and make flour tortillas. And that was just her tradition every day, making homemade flour tortillas. And I'd sit at her kitchen table and I'd tell her about my day. But most of all, I'd love to hear her her stories. Like I used to, I could hear her stories on repeat. And I used to love hearing about you know, her as a little girl in Mexico and crossing over to the United States during the Mexican Revolution. And those were just stories that I just love to hear over and over. And, you know, it, it carried me through as an adult. And it was just something that I was so proud of to know that story. And so food was just always the center of our homes. You know, every day there was always homemade food. Um, you know, so many people always ask me like, did you grow up eating Mexican food? And it's like, <laughs> yes, but we just called it food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just a part of who we are and, and how we ate. So, you know, my grandma was an amazing cook and always had something on the stovetop. And if visitors were to come and visit, there was always food. She was always offering food and And that's actually how I named my blog Muy Bueno, because she would always say, siéntate a comer, está muy bueno, which meant sit down and eat. It's very good. So that was just kind of the the honor to her of, you know, wanting to continue that legacy. Oh, my gosh, that (laughs) is such a cool story. And you just painted a picture of a little girl sitting and listening 
to her grandma talk and the center of that was food. I love that so much. And what a great way to name your blog too, after that special memory. Is your grandma still living? No, I wish. She passed away in 2004. Um, so she lived to be 98 years old, which was amazing. <gasps> and um, and I think that was another big aha moment, you know, after she passed away, just all of these memories and all those delicious foods and everything that she was famous for, you know, I didn't want that to go with her. And so I just wanted to keep all those traditions alive. And my daughter at the time was like a year and a half. And so, you know, I just kept thinking, I want to be, I want to be that grandma, you know, I want my children, my great, my grandchildren, my great grandchildren to remember those same things about me. And so that's what, you know, it was a big aha moment that I just definitely wanted to keep those traditions alive. Yeah, because that's meaningful, right? Mm -hmm. And carrying meaning into your business, I think makes it more powerful and it makes it more effective and it just gives it a boost of everything good. If there's no meaning behind it, then it's hard to keep going and keep it alive, really. Mm -hmm. And you've done such a good job of that, like putting meaning in it from the start. Um, and that's like the core. Thank it's you. like love and meaning and memories and family and food. And it has worked for you. So you've turned passion into purpose, which I think we're all like, oh, that's so cool. Because a lot of a lot of bloggers don't start that way. And we have to like go back mm -hmm. and put the sprinkle the passion in, if that exactly. makes sense. Exactly. Yes. I totally agree with that. So speak to that a little bit. If if somebody's listening and they're like, Yep, that's me. I need to sprinkle in some passion. Do you have tips or words of encouragement for those people? Yeah, and I think thankfully, before I even knew about blogging, I've always said that I've been addicted to my family heritage. Like I've always wanted to learn where I came from, you know, where exactly did my grandma grew up, you know, and just, I just was addicted to hearing those stories all of my life. And um, and so I think when blogging came out or when I started it, it came natural for me just because that was what I was so passionate about. And I just wanted to figure out how to do it. And before I started blogging, I actually did like a little documentary movie before there was any YouTube. And, um, you know, was researching my family history and trying to calculate, you know, do as much as I can. And I actually interviewed my grandma and did like a little video of her and her sister, who at the time was already, gosh, 99. And it was just amazing that they remembered all these stories when they were little girls. And, and you know, I just thought that was amazing. And so now I have that on my YouTube channel just because it's so special. But, um, but yeah, I think, you know, when it comes to blogging, it's, it's so hard because I think it is, it is now a business where when we all started blogging initially, it was just a hobby and to share what we loved. And I think it's just a matter of putting that back into perspective. You know, if you have a dream job, you know, you want to do something that you love and blogging is that it could be a dream job. And if it's something that you're excited about and love, it's just going to, you know, benefit all around. Yeah. So finding the parts of it, because there are so many parts of it, mm -hmm. as we all know, mm -hmm. that do light you up and provide that passion and just digging into those more. We don't all have amazing stories like you do with, you know, finding meaning through your grandma. I think that's so awesome. So there, but I guess instead of so, I should say, but there are ways to tap into the passions without having that family history. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. And you have more to your story because you had kind of an, an abrupt, um, departure from your full-time job, right? And I would love to hear about that and how you decided to pursue your blog full-time after that. How did that all go come about? Yeah, so I started my blog in 2010. And the way I started my blog was because I really wanted to write a cookbook. And I honestly had no idea how I was going to write it. You know, I was a graphic designer and I 
that was my business. That was my career. And I worked for a company for many years. And, um, but on the side, you know, it was my daughter who was actually only eight years old at the time who, you know, had the idea of me writing a cookbook. She's like, you know, you should really write all these recipes down so that when I go to college, I can have a book. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> that's wow. so, like, I, I was like, that's such a great idea. And I was like, okay, well, I'm a graphic designer. I can do like a little Shutterfly cookbook for our family and just have it for my children and for my children's children. You know, that's kind of where I had the idea of just doing something like that. And it was a friend of mine who said, you should start a blog. And I literally had to Google, what is a blog? I had no <laughs> idea what a blog was. And again, this was 2010. And, um, and I was like, oh, I can design a little website and a logo and, you know, and just start sharing at least some recipes so that I don't have to email them to family and friends. Um, and that's the way I figured um, it was for. And um, and so then that was in 2010. As the blog grew, other people were like, ooh, where can I buy this cookbook? And I was like, oh, gosh, like this is just a family cookbook. I don't, you know, I didn't think anybody else would be interested in that. And they're like, no, you know, your family's stories sound like my family's stories and your recipes that I've made taste like my recipes. And you know, I love that cookbook. And so then that's when I started researching, thinking like, maybe I can figure out how to make a real published cookbook. And during that process, you know, because writing a cookbook takes months and years, and it, it takes a while. And as I was going through that process, um, I was still blogging, still working my full time job, and I would come home late at night. And, you know, I was just so excited about the blog that, you know, I would stay up till two or three in the morning and then go to school, I mean, go to work full time and, you know, be a mom, come home and be a wife. And, <laughs> and it was just a lot. But, um, but just one day, I remember, um, it was hysterical. This is a funny story. I went and got my nails done, like during my lunch hour at work. And it was taking really long and I was getting really nervous thinking like, shoot, I'm already been gone an hour and a half. So by the time I get back, I'm sure I'm going to get in trouble. And I rarely ever even took a lunch hour. I would always eat, you know, at my desk and just work through work to try and get out, you know, as soon as I could. And, um, but then that day I got back to my office and I had a little post-it on my computer said, you know, come see me from my, uh -oh. boss, my boss's boss. <laughs> you thought it was about your nails. Yeah. Well, so then sure enough, you know, I, I was like scared thinking, yeah, I was late and I'm going to get in trouble. And they're like, uh, yeah, we have some bad news. We need to lay you off. And it was so very like, that was it. Like, and sorry, and go ahead and pack up your stuff. And I'm like, I didn't know if I wanted to laugh or cry because it was just that weird moment. I carried the benefits, you know, I've been, you know, I've never not had a job. You know, we have a, a kid and, you know, I'm, I just had another baby and I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? Um, and our son was like having medical issues. We had all kinds of medical bills. So it's like, you know, that moment of panic, like how the hell are we going to do this? And, um, and I remember I called my husband and he, my car was in the shop. And so I was like, you have to pick me up. He's like, well, uh, it's only, you know, two o'clock. I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I need to get, I need to get home. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, so I was laid off and it was just like, you know, what am I going to do? And after that, after doing the blog at that point, I was already starting to get sponsored work. And um, so I was already working with clients and thinking like there, there is a way to make money. I didn't even know at the time that you can monetize with ads. That was like, I had no idea about that. It was more where brands started approaching me and wanting to collaborate. And I was like, okay, I've, I've done marketing. I've done graphic design. I can put together a media kit, a pitch letter, a proposal, and I can start pitching brands. And, you know, I was just telling my husband, I was like, I think I can turn this blog into some kind of business. So let me, you know, give me, give me a few months and I can make this work. <laughs> and, so, and so that's how I was just, I was ready. I was excited. I was, was just finally like an opportunity, an open door that I just knew I could turn into something. And, um, and that's what I did. You know, I designed my little media kit with, you know, my whole, 
I have 10,000, you know, monthly views and (laughs) so excited. But, um, you know, it was more about, I think my story, um, that just caught people's attention and my excitement about the Mexican food that I grew up with and figuring out how to tie these brands with my story really resonated with a lot of these brands that I continue to work with today. Okay. As you were talking, Yvette, I have to tell you this. There are so many uncanny similarities to my story and your story. It is it is crazy. Oh, cool. Like, I started my blog in 2010. I was a graphic designer. Oh, wow. I got laid off. I had the post-it note on my computer oh my after a lunch break. <laughs> and my husband, I'm not kidding you, like, we had just gotten back from vacation. Oh, so, we went... And so he dropped me off at work that day. Oh, weird. So I didn't have a car. So I had to call him and tell him to come get me. And oh my God. I know. It is like I have goosebumps. It is that so is weird. And I too, like after it happened, I was like, you know what? I think I can do this. Give mm-hmm. me a few months and mm-hmm. I'll show you. And I just dug in. So crazy. But wow. I know. But I want to hear some tips do you have any tips for us on like monetizing because I know that this can be a really overwhelming daunting word for people especially newer bloggers who are not yet monetizing at all um so share with us some of your best advice about maybe how to monetize how you did how that has gone for you and like evolved for you just anything you have for us yeah and I think like the number one thing that i would recommend or suggest just the way it happened to work out for me. You know, so many people I think now are so about the views and trying to get approved for some type of ad network. And, but in the meantime, there's other ways that you can pitch yourself to monetize. And that's the way I started was work getting sponsored projects. So just developing recipes with clients products. And now I feel like it's, so much easier. You know, there was an Instagram when we first started and, you know, even just Instagram alone to figure out how you can work with a brand to share it on Instagram and being an influencer. Um, I also did cooking demos and now, you know, with everything, there's so many live video opportunities, there's ways to partner with that. And, and it's not just about food too. I mean, I've partnered with companies like Toyota, which I would have never thought that I would have been able to partner with, But, you know, it was they wanted to promote Dia de los Muertos, Day of the Dead, which is like one of my favorite celebrations. And so I've done videos with them. I've also done live cooking demos with them. Um, So, you know, I think you could think outside the box and start thinking of every brand. When I first started, I was like, okay, what are the brands that I use? I opened up my pantry. I opened up my you know, cabinet, my clothes that I wear, everything, even though I wasn't really doing clothes or anything like that at the time. But just thinking like if I could work with my dream clients, who would it be? And it was just the day-to-day brands that, you know, I started reaching out to. I still work with Kroger, who's one of my number one clients, who I've worked with them for years. And same thing with... um Lando Lakes butter, you know, it's a butter that I grew up with. And, you know, so the way it just, um, the way it is, is nice is to just feel comfortable with these brands that I've worked with. Um, and so, like I said, as a graphic designer, I designed a little media kit and just sold myself, you know, just really promoted my story, my passion, my excitement and showed examples of how I can work with them because at the time I feel like you know now I feel it's so formal and so legal and you know but I still feel there's so many brands out there that don't know how to work with an influencer and yes they might have worked once or twice with somebody or maybe they have all the time and now they're better at it but there's still a way that you can pitch yourself and how you can make it unique And so I think there's still, you know, that opportunity. And then, of course, as you're growing with your traffic, then you can also monetize with ads. I mean, that took forever for me to even want to do that because, 
you know, as I started realizing that you can monetize with ads, I started looking at other blogs and I was like, oh, I don't want ads all over my website. <laughs> Even though I was a designer, I grew up a designer and I knew about advertising. And I think maybe that's why I didn't want it because to me it was so glaring. But after a while, I realized that's our life. That's every day. You open up a magazine, there's an ad, you turn on the TV, there's a commercial, you know, it's, it's, that's life. And I think initially a lot of bloggers were getting, you know, harassed about it saying like, oh, I used to love your stuff, but now you have all these ads. And, but it's like after a while, okay, they're, they, they're on every other news outlet out there that has ads, you know, it's just a part of reality of life. So if you can monetize on that, why not? And what I love about when you work with an ad network is that you can be picky and choosy of what type of advertising you want on your blog. And that's what, um, like I said, I didn't even know that existed until years later. And I was like, Oh, if I would have known that I would have done a long time ago. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think ads now are huge. There's, it's just an amazing I, I mean, like I said, I wish I would have known about it sooner. Um, but yeah, it's just a great way to grow once you do get to that point to be able to monetize with ads. And the great thing about today is that there are so many other options to monetize while you're waiting to get on ads on exactly. your site. I mean, For sure. the options are absolutely endless. You touched on getting brand work, sponsored work through Instagram and other avenues, but there's so like you could do cooking classes. I mean, you can create an ebook and sell that. You can create a course. There are so mm -hmm. many ways. You can be a freelancer for other bloggers doing the tasks that they don't want to do, social media management. I mean, I could go on and on and on. There's just Exactly. Like, yeah. There's and that's what I remember as my husband always he's like such the bigger picture. He's always like, you know, what well what what are you gonna do in five years from now? It's like I don't know. I would have never been able to predict there was a pandemic right. coming. You know, like, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? But like you said, there's so many avenues to be able to, you know, to monetize. If I wanted to go back into graphic design, I could, you know, I could freelance. I could do, you know, there's so many things and so many opportunities once you do have a blog. Right. I mean, even with graphic designing, you could um, like produce logos or mm -hmm. website design for other bloggers. There are so many routes. You could create graphics, Pinterest graphics. Mm -hmm. As you know, there are so many different kinds of things that we create on a daily basis. So um, yeah, just giving it some thought and like figuring out what you're really good at and what lights you up and a little creativity goes a long way. Do you have any other tips to share with us about monetizing, other ways to think outside the box um, before we move on, Yvette? Uh, yeah, like you were saying, I think there's so many opportunities. I mean, I remember in the beginning, I designed logos for other bloggers. I designed a cookbook for another cookbook author. I um, was a photo stylist for different campaigns. So even though I really didn't know photography myself, um, I was working with a photographer and learning how to style. Um, so, you know, it, and, you know, as I've evolved, then there's been other ways to monetize. Obviously, now that I have my cookbooks, now I have Muy Bueno, and then I also have Latin Twist. Um, now I'm working on my third cookbook right now. But, you know, it's you know, yeah, I'm super excited that, um, but royalties, you know, when it comes to cookbooks and, you know, whether you publish, you know, traditionally publish or self-publish, I mean, there's just so many different ways that you can even just monetize a book, an ebook even, which is amazing. So, um, yeah. And then I, I used to do cooking demos and speaking engagements. So there's times where I traveled, more as I remember one of my first opportunities was with avocados from Mexico and um and they said you know, I think it was um what was the conference blogger Blog Blog yes blogger food I went to a few yeah, of those conferences <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was in Seattle and that was one of my very first food blogging conferences and um and I just couldn't believe how many people were there I was like my gosh, here I thought blogging was so new 
And at the time, just thinking like, wow, there's so much I need to learn. Like, I had no idea how big this was. But I went because Avocados from Mexico asked if I could be there to represent them. So I was kind of like, you know, their their person. And, and what was, you know, I did that one. Then they sent me to Food and Wine Festival Ooh. in Cancun. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm getting a free trip, and you know, going to Mexico and, you know, meeting all these celebrity chefs. And it was just amazing. Like, I just couldn't believe the opportunities that were available with this type of, you know, business. Hey, everyone. Real quick, I want to take a moment just to tell you a little bit about Clarity. On the simplest level, Clarity helps you keep your blog content updated and organized. Because instead of broken links and images that knock your blog down in search results, instead of unoptimized blog posts that, if updated, could otherwise boost revenue and increase traffic to your site, instead of a long list of things to do or create so that you can actually start updating your blog content... Clarity gives you a one-stop dashboard that brings together all the information you need to make decisions about where to spend your time. Clarity also shows you the Google Analytics information about your content without all the setup hassle of doing it yourself. And Clarity also provides an actionable to-do list so you know exactly what you need to do to optimize each blog post or site page. Clarity saves you hours and hours of manual blog post tracking so you have a clear task list for what to update and where on your blog. If you are interested in checking out Clarity, head to clarity.com forward slash eblogtalk. Clarity is spelled C-L-A-R-I-T-I dot com forward slash eblogtalk to sign up for the waitlist and take advantage of their $25 a month forever plan. Go to clarity.com forward slash eblogtalk or check out the resources page on eblogtalk.com forward slash resources. I feel like if you keep your eyes open and allow that space for opportunities to come your way, you really can find the most creative and fulfilling things to kind of fill your business and to just like set out on a new path. There's so much there, but we need to allow that in because we can get so like, I don't know, just set on the path of ads that we Mm -hmm. don't allow those other things to come into view, if that makes sense. For sure. And I think, well, I know the number one thing that I always tell people is like, don't be afraid to ask. You know, there's things like that, those opportunities. I feel like so many people would have been intimidated to ask for, but it doesn't hurt to ask because the worst they can say is no. So if there's something out there that you can pitch yourself for, just do it. And that's what I started from the beginning. I would reach out to, you know, People Magazine, Latina Magazine, Cosmopolitan Magazine, and just, you know, pitch my story and, you know, or wanting to share a recipe. And more than likely, it's so many magazines are dying for, you know, this for you, it's free advertising. And for them, it's content. So if you want to first get started and get your name out there, then offer recipes as a contributor. Being a contributor was was also a huge thing that helped me out in the beginning. I think that's a good thing to point out is that the other side of it, so the magazines, the news stations, those people need content. And we mm-hmm. often think that we're like a nuisance or annoying by mm-hmm. asking but it might actually be really helpful for them. Exactly. And they don't have to I mean, do I outreach get, that yeah, way too. <laughs> for sure. I mean, that's just free advertising for yourself. Yeah. Um, the news station, that's a new avenue too that people are exploring that I really love. Uh, I did that a couple times to promote my cookbook and mm-hmm. it was terrifying. But it was, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was good for your, just facing a fear and for honing in on my speaking in a in an environment like that, it was like so scary, but it helped me. It helped me grow and gave me some contacts. I mean, there's something good that comes out of all of those opportunities, even if they sound intimidating and scary. Yes, yes. And I mean, once you do that, what's also great is if you're sponsored or, you know, in an ambassadorship with a brand, you can share that service. You can say, you know, um, you know, I with this egg partnership, you know, we can looking to see what live segments we can do in our local news station. It's just another opportunity or another service that you can provide. 
Um, so you and I, Yvette, we were launched into exploring our dreams when we got, I was actually technically fired. I don't know. It was a weird situation, but, um, but not everyone is like, I know there are some people who are in full-time jobs. They don't want to be, they would rather be blogging and in charge of their schedules. So give us some encouragement. How do we chase our dreams both personally and professionally? Um, you know, I always think about that. Like, what if I wasn't laid off? Would I have gone full force? And I think that's what had to happen for me in order for me to make the leap and really make it happen. I, I No matter what, I would have written a cookbook and I would have done that. But I don't think maybe my blog would have fully grown if I wouldn't have had that extra time. So I think so many people want a magic number of like, okay, well, once I start making, you know, at least what I'm already making, that might take a long time. So, you know, I always say like, you know, have a little fear and your fear is going to motivate you to work really hard. And that, and it's just going to help you push you a lot faster. So if you're making even just half of what you're making, but if you leave your job now and can, you know, make that later in two months versus six months from now, because you're just waiting, you know, I think it's, it's just that hurdle that we need to get over. And it's always easier said than done because it's easy to get comfortable in a job and a pain, you know, when you're going to get your two week paycheck and initially to not know where your money is going to come from is a really, really scary. So I totally get that. And I think it's just, it's, it's truly about your comfortability, but I know that for me, that fear of wanting to prove that I can make it happen is what really catapulted my success. And there's always a way. I mean, when I got let go from my job, I was so scared. We had, here's another similarity. We had, our oldest son has medical issues. And at the time it was like, I had really great health insurance and I could not Mm -hmm. have pulled myself away from that job on my own because of that alone. Mm -hmm. So I was just finding a way to justify that. Like, what are we, what are we going to do? So there, so all of that to say, there's always a way because I was launched into this situation where I had to figure that out. My husband and I did, and we had money to figure out. I made most of the money in the family, but it worked out and it worked out really, really well. So if I can make that work, I promise you, whatever situation you are in, you can make it work too. And it is scary. I do acknowledge that sometimes, but um, yeah, there's always a way. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, you know, there are so many opportunities <laughs> that there's just always something that you can do. I remember, I mean, even just growing in the business and hiring outside people and thinking like, wow, there's virtual assistance that I didn't even know there was a such a thing. And now, you know, to to know that if you are a great writer, you can be writing for other people and making that on the side. So, I mean, it's just, there's so many things out there that people can do depending on what their strengths are. Yep. Completely agree. I want to hear about your cookbooks. So I'm excited to hear about your third one, but would you mind telling us about your first two and then just kind of giving us a teaser to your next one? Yeah. So um, my first one is named after my blog. So it's Muy Bueno and it's three generations of authentic Mexican flavor. And I co-wrote that with my mom and my sister. And so it's like a beautiful, I mean, I just love it because just going through this process again, thinking like how much older my kids are now compared to my first cookbook that, you know, there's pictures in my cookbook of my kids. And it's just so beautiful to not only have this as a personal legacy, but to have this published and for other people to see and just to know that my kids can see this later and think like, oh my gosh, our pictures are in there, you know, eating a little popsicle or, you know, holding a, a you know, a, their favorite platter of food and just having all these stories in there. And um, so it's, you know, like I said, I co-wrote it with my mom and my sister and it's um, recipes from my grandma who is from Chihuahua, Mexico and recipes that my mom always made growing up. Um, from, you know, kind of the South 
Southern Mexico or Southern Texas flair. You know, I don't want to say Tex-Mex because I feel like if you've ever been to El Paso, it's definitely not Tex-Mex. It's very Northern Mexican cuisine style of food. And, um, and then the next generation are recipes that me and my sister came up with. So more of a modern Latin flavor. And, um, and that's kind of how my blog continues. You know, there's some old world Mexican recipes and then there's some modern fusion recipes. So that's my first cookbook, Muy Bueno. And then my second cookbook is Latin Twist. And I actually co-wrote that with a food blogger, one of my good friends, Vianney Rodriguez, who has a blog and her blog is Sweet Life Bake. And the way that started was kind of funny is I always used to call her the margarita queen because she just always would share tons of fabulous margaritas. And I was like, you need to write a cocktail book. And at the time I had just written Muy Bueno and I was like, you know, I can introduce you to my publisher and, you know, maybe I can design it for you because, you know, still I was looking for ways to make money. (laughs) I was like, so, you know, I can, you know, we can. I can help you with this. And then I remember after that meeting with her, this was after a conference, I was flying home and I was thinking, no, you know, it would be awesome if I teamed up with her and we write this book together and not only just margaritas, because I want her to do that eventually, but to do just all Latin cocktails. So we named it Latin Twist and it's all cocktail recipes from all of Latin America and Spain. So it was just that was just a fun project. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> really research all of these different, oh. you know, alcohols and spirits and try to figure out replacements or substitutions for the everyday person if they can't find some of those alcohols. Um, so yeah, that, that was a really fun project. And, um, and then now I'm working on my third cookbook, which is also going to be called Muy Bueno, but are you ready for the full title? Let's hear it. <laughs> it's Muy Bueno Fiestas. Ooh. So I, you know, the way I eat, you know, everybody, I'm sure everybody always asks you, what's your favorite dish? And, <laughs> and that's so hard to answer when, you know, for me, it's all about seasonal cravings. You know, if, you know, right now that it's spring, I'm craving, you know, we celebrate the Lenten season, which is um, the time before Easter, and we don't do a lot of meat-free dishes on Friday. So I crave, you know, a lot of the dishes that I grew up with, you know, like enchiladas every Friday or, you know, tuna fish or, you know, because we could eat seafood. So, you know, for me, it's always a different answer depending on the time of year. And I really wanted a cookbook to honor that because that's how I eat and that's how I celebrate. And so this cookbook is celebrating American and Mexican holidays and just all the menus that go with that holiday, whether you want to host a fiesta or whether you just want to make, you know, a special celebratory dinner at home for that special occasion. It's, you know, educating on what those holidays are about and just sharing how I cook for those holidays. I feel like you should come visit me because I love everything you're saying. My husband and I actually um, bonded over Mexican food and margaritas. Um, That was like our first thing. We both were like, I love margaritas. And he makes the best margarita, hands down. I've never had a better one than his ever. Um, So you need to come over and we need to share about our stories and our food together. <laughs> I'm all for that. Now that we can travel again, I'm ready. I Let's know, <laughs> exactly. Um, I loved hearing about your cookbooks and I kind of want to go buy them all right now because all of that sounded so delicious and I love the tie back to your family and your, I was just looking at your blog too and everything is so beautiful there. Your photography is so beautiful. Do you do, you take your own photos, right? I do not. You don't. No. When I first started, um, I, you know, finally learned photography. I've always, you know, being a graphic designer, I knew how to edit photos and I knew how to take pretty good photos, but I didn't know the ins and outs of, you know, photography. And I was teaching myself and I was for the longest time taking my own photos. But after a while, I remember going to one conference and hearing somebody say, you know, that 
as you're growing to figure out what brings you joy and whatever doesn't bring you joy, outsource it. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> and, I love that. You know, yeah, I was like, you know, I'm spending so much money, you know, trying to figure out what the best lens is or what the best camera body is and buying different camera bags for different trips. And it's like tripods and all this stuff. And I was like, that's just not exciting me. You know, I'm not into that technology and I wasn't into you know, it, it, it was just more stressful, especially, you know, once you're you're cooking and you're taking pictures and then you're stopping and then you're making sure the photo turned out okay. Then you have flour all over your camera. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and then you're exhausted and you have to clean up and then you have to edit the photos. And I was like, that's just not bringing me joy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, as I've gone, grown along, um, now I do outsource that and I have an amazing photographer. Her name is Jenna Sparks and, and we batch photos. So for the blog, we you know, every two weeks we have our photo shoot days and we, you know, crank out like 10 recipes or so. Yeah, that's how we work. That's efficient. I love it. Efficiency. Yeah. Um, okay. I want you to talk to people who maybe are considering writing a cookbook. What are your pieces of advice for them, whether to do it or not? And do you have any specific tips, like things you learned along the way that would be helpful before diving into it? Yeah, well, it, well, I think the first thing to decide is what type of book you want to publish. You know, so many people want to publish a cookbook, but they just don't know what kind. So, you know, whether you want to do an ebook and do it yourself, then that's a great thing. If, you know, for me, I was, you know, I love print. I love opening a book. I love feeling and touching. I love the smell of paper, <laughs> you know, so it's like, I just wanted a book that you can hold. And, um, and like I said, initially, I was going to do a self-published book, but as the, the idea grew and the, my audience grew, then I wanted to figure out if I can traditionally pub traditionally publish. And when you traditionally publish, it's a process. You have to write a proposal. And a proposal in itself is like writing another book. I mean, just with this last book, it was close to a year of writing a proposal. Um, so it's just a long process. And then once you have a proposal, then you need to find a literary agent. So um you know, then you got to, you know, look for a literary agent who's interested in you. And now I feel there's, it's a lot more challenging because there are so many bloggers out there. And, you know, some people who have millions of followers and um, aud huge audience that that's going to be more appealing to literary agents and publishers because you already have your built in audience. So, you know, if you don't have that, what's going to make you unique? So you have to write all those type of things in your publish, in your proposal. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a process. I just was writing out my own timeline just to figure out how long this was going on. And when I wrote my um, proposal, it was all of basically 2019. And, um, and then finally, you know, started looking for a literary agent, finally found a literary agent who's amazing, the, the, the Eckes group. Oh, yes, and, love them. And, um, and so Sally is, you know, another great source of knowledge, you know, for anybody who wants to learn more about the whole cookbook world, you can follow her on Instagram. And she also does courses on how to write a cookbook. So um, there's just so many things out there nowadays that were not available. I remember I, I ordered this one book and I don't even think it's around anymore, but it's like how to write a proposal. Um, and it was like my little Bible when I first wrote my first cookbook. And, um, you know, I think as long as you find the steps in whatever book you want, however book you want to write, just, you know, go through those steps because there literally is so much information nowadays. Oh, there is. There's so much free information. Mm -hmm. And then if you're smart about finding the really good um, stuff that you need to pay for, there's so many great ways to invest in just getting good information back to. For sure. So cookbooks, you recommend doing them if you like, I'm just curious about like, what kind of vision do you need? Or like what, um, what goals, you know what I mean? Like it writing a cookbook isn't for everyone. Mm -hmm. So what would be 
some main goals to align with to know if you should pursue this or not? Yeah. And that was a big, um, what's the word, um, question I had to ask myself, like, do I want to go through this again? Because to me, it's like giving birth. You know, it's like, you're, (laughs) you're pregnant, you're miserable, you're, (laughs) you're tired, you're, you know, exhausted. And it's just a lot of work. It takes a lot of energy and time. um, And it, and it's just a lot. But once you have it, and that baby book is born, you love it. And (laughs) it's just like the most amazing feeling to have this creation in your arms. Um, And so for me, when I started going through this process again, it's like, do I really, really, really want to do this? Because bottom line, not everybody's going to make a bunch of money writing a book. You know, that's the farthest from the truth. And the people who don't understand blogging, you know, it's always my friends or family. It's like, how's, you know, they give you like that, that's that little tilt on the head. And it's like, how's, how's your book selling? You know, like thinking like, that's where your money's coming from. (laughs) And it's like, oh, it's good. It's going good. But I mean, they don't realize that the majority or not, doesn't even matter the majority, but I mean, the, it's, it's not the one truly paying the bills. You know, it's great to get a royalty check here and there, but it's, it's definitely not the money maker. Um, but it's definitely a great stepping stone to set yourself apart from, you know, other people. And it's just going to help you in your business if you want to continue to grow. So if you want to do live segments, if you want to do, you know, if you want to keep growing your following, it does help. So it all depends on what your goals are. And for me, the number one goal was just to have this in a book, you know, just to and to. I didn't want to regret not doing it. You know, it's like, it was just something that I've always wanted to do. And it was just kind of my little legacy project that I wanted in writing and to have as a memorial to have it forever um, in a book. And that's, and that's what my biggest reminder when I go through what, during this pregnancy, <laughs> <laughs> the, the birth yeah. of your cookbook. <laughs> I remember um, shortly after my cookbook was published, I had hired a VA as well. And it just kind of happened that that worked out that way. And I remember somebody at my church hearing that I had hired the VA. So they equated that with like the publishing of the cookbook. Mm-hmm. They lined that up. And I remember them saying to me, oh, your cookbook must be doing really well. And I was like, (laughs) why are they asking? And then later I figured out, oh, yeah, because I had hired that person. Um, But it was just funny. I was like, well, I guess. But like you, I didn't do it to make money. I did it more for like being a stepping stone to other things and for documenting. You talked about having your kids in there and they were so little. I, oh my gosh, I look back and my boys are so little in the cookbook. They're so cute. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, it's like a little family photo album that other people will have forever. And it's it's pretty amazing. A public, truly published (laughs) family photo album. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, is there anything we're forgetting, Yvette, that you want to make sure to deliver to food bloggers before we start saying goodbye? Um, No, I think just, you know... Seriously, just, I know it sounds so cliche and everybody says, find your passion. But I think even though you mentioned something like not everybody has that history or that story or that, you know, those family recipes, but I feel like everybody does have some sort of story or some, or something that makes, you know, go back to when you were a child and figure out what is a thing that made you happiest and figure out how you can incorporate that into your business. Because I think bottom line, if it doesn't keep you happy and excited, it's not going to last. Yes, that is so true. Uh, I think that can just resonate with so many people because we get bored and we do things that we don't necessarily love. But the good thing about food blogging is that there's so many things that you can dig into that you can explore and possibly love. So thank you so much for everything that you've shared today. This was so amazing. Thank you. I'm so amazed that we had so many similarities. (laughs) I know. I had no idea. It was as you were talking, I was like, no way, no way. That's so crazy. 
Um, so I ask all my guests if they have either a favorite quote or additional words of inspiration to share. Do you have anything to leave us with? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Maya Angelou. And I actually yes. named my daughter Maya because of oh. Maya Angelou. I remember I first saw her on Oprah and I was like, I love her name. I love who she is. And that's what I'm naming my daughter. And um, one of my favorite quotes is, do the best you can until you know better, then you know better, do better. And then w- then when you know better, do better. And, um, and I feel that just, you know, works so well in our business, because I think now when folks are trying to get into blogging, they're trying to learn so much and just absorb it all. And it gets overwhelming. And, but I think Initially, if you just follow your passion and learn as you're doing it and improve day by day, then you're then it's just going to keep growing. So, you know, do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. Oh, what a great way to end. Thank you so much for that. I love Maya, and I love that you named your daughter after her too. That's so cool. <laughs> Thank you. We'll put together some show notes for you, Yvette. So if anyone wants to go look at those, head over to eatblogtalk.com forward slash muy bueno. Tell everyone where they can find you online and also just reiterate what your books are called, where they can find those and maybe um, give your social media accounts and all that too. Yeah. So my blog is muybuenocookbook.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Muy Bueno Cooking. I'm on Facebook at Muy Bueno Cookbook. Um, I have a YouTube channel. It's also Muy Bueno Cooking. And I am open if you all ever have any questions or just want to say hi or want to share your story. I'm always, you know, open to replying to anything. Um, my cookbooks are Muy Bueno and Latin Twist. And my next one is going to be Muy Bueno Fiestas. And they'll all be available on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. And of course, like any local stores. Um, yeah, it's just, I think that was it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's all great. So everyone go check out Yvette and her books and all of her amazing content. And just thank you again so much for being here and sharing your story with us, Yvette. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.